Welcome to New Life Assembly of God Media Ministry. We are glad that you are here. We believe the Word of God is relevant and life-changing, and we hope you can be blessed by this message. If you'll take your scriptures in hand and turn with me to Luke chapter 1, we're going to be reading verses 26 through 35 this morning as we conclude our series, Good News in Troubled Times. And uh, today's message is titled, Experience the Spirit of Christmas Present. Experience the Spirit of Christmas Present. You know, one of the most famous Christmas tales is the classic and timeless story, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. And most people have probably either read the story or you've watched the many movies that have been made based on this story. But um, it recounts the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, a miserly and unkind old man who believes Christmas is just an excuse for people to miss work and, and for idle people to expect handouts. And he doesn't believe in all of the good cheer and charitable deeds promoted by the season. And he makes his Scroogerly views known everywhere. And in the night, Scrooge is visited by the spirits of Christmas past, present, and yet to come. And their visits teach Scrooge the error of his ways. And when he awakes on Christmas Day, he is a changed man. And of course, we know that this is a fictional story, but the true story of Christmas also involves a spirit, but a different kind of spirit, the Holy Spirit, who visits Mary and her life and the future of, of all of mankind is transformed by the visit of the Holy Spirit that day. Read with me, if you will, Luke chapter 1, we're going to read verses 26 through 35. The scripture says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever and his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Folks, as we read this passage, we are confronted with the truth that the Holy Spirit is the real spirit of Christmas. And not only is he the spirit of Christmas past who came upon Mary and performed a miracle in her and through her so that she who was a virgin conceived a baby miraculously who would become the son of God. But the work of the Holy Spirit in her not only changed her life, making her a key player in God's plan of salvation for mankind and empowering her to fulfill her God-given destiny that would impact the world, but the Holy Spirit is also the spirit of Christmas present because he is still active and at work in the world and he will transform our lives as we surrender to him in faith just as Mary did in verse 38 when she said I am the Lord's servant may everything that you have said about me 
come true. That was a, a statement of surrender. Have your will, Lord God. Do what you want to do in me. Now, in this message, we want to talk about how vitally essential the work of the Holy Spirit is in our lives because he comes to bring Jesus to us and he comes to glorify Jesus through us. So it's all about Jesus. And it's through the work of the Holy Spirit that this takes place. He enables us to live the Christian life the way God is calling us to live. And he empowers us to fulfill God's will and purpose for our lives. The first thing I want us to see is that the Holy Spirit will bring Christ to us and bring us to Christ. The Holy Spirit will bring Christ to us and bring us to Christ. The Holy Spirit makes Christ real within us. The Holy Spirit is the one who came upon Mary and worked in her to enable her to conceive a child even though she was a virgin. And through the Holy Spirit, the Christ child grew and lived inside of her. And in a similar manner, it is the Holy Spirit who makes Christ real in our soul. When Jesus was preparing his disciples for his death, the Bible tells us that they were extremely sorrowful. And in John 14, verses 16 through 19, the Bible says Jesus comforted them by telling them that he would not leave them as orphans. He was not going to abandon them and leave them alone. But he would come to them by sending them another comforter. The Greek word was, is paraclete, and it means one called alongside to help. And the word Jesus used for another means one just like me. Not one different from me, but the word is alos, which means one just like me. So he said, the Holy Spirit will come. He will bring me to you. He is with you, but later he will be in you. And in verses 18 and 19, he said, I will come to you. The world will no longer see me, but you will see me. So how was he going to come to them? He was going to come to them through the Holy Spirit. And they were going to be able to perceive him, to see him, even though the rest of the world could not. So he was telling them that although physically he would no longer be with them after his death and resurrection, but he was saying the Holy Spirit would come to live inside of them. And through the Holy Spirit coming to live inside of them, he was coming to them and the Holy Spirit would make Christ real in them. One writer says the Holy Spirit connects us to Christ. He writes the space between Christ in heaven and Christ being in our heart is collapsed by the presence of the Holy Spirit so that there is no distance. Jesus comes to us via the Holy Spirit and he indwells us via the Holy Spirit. He is accessible to us through the ministry of the Holy Spirit so that we can know Jesus, we can feel Jesus, we can experience Jesus and his power works in us through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that the work of the Holy Spirit would be to glorify him, to lift him up in our eyes and in the world. So everything the Spirit does is to make Christ known in us and through us. Everything the Spirit does is to reveal Christ to us in a greater way. Charles Finney, who became one of history's most outstanding ministers and evangelists at the age of 29 years old, was an attorney, attorney. And he decided that he once and for all had to settle the question of the salvation of his soul. He needed to settle the issue of whether or not he was right with God. He said salvation had been for him a matter of his own works by trying to be a good person. And he began to realize that true salvation was an offer of something to be accepted by faith. It was nothing that he could do to attain salvation. 
So he went into the woods near to his house one day, and he resolved that he would not leave until he had found God. And after several hours of praying and seeking God, he returned to his office where he had a powerful encounter with the Lord that changed his life. He said, the Holy Spirit seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, he said, it seemed to come in waves of liquid love, for I could not express it in any other way. The Holy Spirit brought the presence of Christ and made him real in Finney's life. He experienced Christ's presence and Christ's love in a real and tangible way that forever changed his life. And at that time, he sensed the call to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the very next day, he left his law practice to become an evangelist. The Holy Spirit brings Christ to us and makes Christ real in us. We move beyond a head knowledge of God to a heart knowledge, to an experiential knowledge. Folks, I was raised in a nominal church, a denomination that was a high ritualistic order of things. And I even went to a school affiliated with that type of, of church. But you know what? At that time, the Bible was a history book to me. It was just like I was taking American history or world history. The Bible was just a history book to me. We were required to go to mass. We were required to, to, um, to do confession before we went out to, re to uh, play on recess. And I would just make up stuff because they wouldn't let you go play unless you did uh, uh, confession. So I'd just make up stuff. You know, I'd go into the priest and say, I stole a cookie. And then he would say, you know, uh, say five our fathers or whatever. And, and you can go out. So I'd just make, I didn't know God. But at the age of 11, I experienced God in my life, and my life was forever changed. At the age of 11, I was already in high school. I already had my plan mapped out. I wanted to be a doctor, but I met Jesus, and Jesus changed my life, and Jesus called me to the ministry, amen? And I'm so glad he did because I don't regret one moment, not one moment of serving Jesus, amen? But, but God wants us to move beyond a head knowledge of him to a heart knowledge and an experiential knowledge where we experience him and we know that we know that we know that he's a real, that he's alive, and that he's living inside of us. Amen? And that's what he wants for each and every one of us. And we experience Christ through the presence and work of the Holy Spirit. And these encounters with him transform our lives forever. So the Holy Spirit comes and he uh, makes Christ real within us, but the Holy Spirit also draws us to Christ. Did you know that we could not come to Christ apart from the work of the Holy Spirit? We can't come to Christ on our own choosing. The Holy Spirit has to draw us. He has to work in us. Why? Because sin had separated us from God and set us, the Bible said, at enmity against God. We were the enemies of God. We were fighting against God. We were in opposition to God. We didn't want anything to do with God. Just like Adam and Eve, after they sinned in the garden, they weren't looking for God. They were running and hiding from God. And that's how we all were once. Yes. Think back. Yes. Yes. You know, we wanted nothing to do with church. We saw a church person coming our way and we were going the other direction. Y'all know how it was. Amen. Because sin had separated us from God. But Jesus said that the work of the Holy Spirit is that he comes to convince the world of sin, 
to convince the world of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Basically, the Holy Spirit comes and deals with our heart and says, you know what, you're not right with God. You are lost in sin. And the only righteousness that can make you right with God is the righteousness that comes from God through Christ. So the Holy Spirit begins to work in our heart to bring us to an awareness of our sin and our need for Jesus. We can't come to Christ on our own. We come to Christ because the Holy Spirit draws us to him. True salvation is a work of the Holy Spirit by which we are born again. We are made spiritually alive. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why when the Holy Spirit is dealing with our heart, we need to respond then because that's the time of our visitation. We don't know that the Holy Spirit will be dealing with our heart a week from now, a day from now, a year from now. That's why Paul says, today is the day of salvation. This is the appointed time. When God is dealing with our heart, that is the moment that we need to come. I remember many years ago, um, I was working with a a lady that I had led to the Lord and we became friends over time. And she was very insistent on me one year and she said, you know, um, I I really feel that uh, the Lord wants you to come with me to my family. They lived in the Lake Wales area and tell them about Jesus because they're all lost. And uh, they, 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 they were Catholic, but they didn't know the Lord. And so she, she was very insistent on me. And finally, I relented and said I would drive up with her on a Friday and drive back on a Saturday. And so um, I drove up there, and we, I met the family, and, and uh, we had dinner together. And after dinner, I started, you know, to the conversation, turned the conversation towards Jesus and started to talk to them about Jesus. And, and they were all open except for a 17-year-old young man. And he got up and he said, I have my whole life ahead of me. I don't want to live for God. I don't want to hear anything about God. And he stormed out of the house. And so, you know, we ministered to the family. They were receptive. We prayed with the family. We left the next day. A couple of weeks later, my friend got a call. Her nephew was in a high-speed car accident, hit a concrete pole going about 100 miles an hour and died almost instantly. I think that the compelling that she had on her heart was God's grace to give that young man an opportunity. And he rejected that opportunity tragically. Folks, we don't know. None of us knows that we'll have another opportunity. You know, none of us knows that we'll even have tomorrow. So when God is dealing with our heart, we need to respond in that moment. You know, sometimes we think, well, you know, I'm young. I have many years ahead of me. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. Age is no defense. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. So when the Holy Spirit is calling us, when the Holy Spirit is convicting us, we need to respond. We need to come to Christ. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, bringing us to Christ, bringing us to salvation, drawing us unto himself. And as Christians, not the Holy Spirit doesn't stop when we become a follower of Christ, right? He continues to work in our life to convict us when we're going astray. How many of you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, once we get saved, folks, I hate to burst your bubble, but we're not perfect. And sometimes the flesh and self will get in the way and we're persisting to go in a particular direction that has taken us outside of God's will. And the Holy Spirit comes and and starts to convict us and say, hey, you're heading in the wrong direction, you know. Or maybe sometimes we fall into sin and the Holy Spirit comes and deals with our heart and says, you're in sin. This can cost you your soul. 
and draws us back. The Holy Spirit makes us uncomfortable. It's like David in the Old Testament when he had sinned with Bathsheba and committed adultery and he tried to hide it from everybody. But guess what? The Holy Spirit was dealing with him and he could not even sleep at night. He said, every night I wet my pillow with tears. Your hand was heavy upon me. He couldn't get any rest. What was that? That was the grace of God through the convicting presence of the Holy Spirit to tell David, you are in sin. You need to turn around and repent and get right with God. I'm so grateful for the convicting work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Because if God didn't love us, he would just let us go astray and do our own thing, amen? But the Holy Spirit is there in love to draw us back unto himself. And, and the Holy Spirit also convicts us as Christians of our spiritual complacency. Because how many of you know sometimes we can get a little lax, right? We get a little lukewarm in our walk with the Lord. But the Holy Spirit comes along and he convicts us, uh, convicts us and, and he stirs within us a desire to go deeper in Christ, to know Christ more, to seek Christ more. And, and, and he reignites that flame in our soul for the Lord. How many of you have experienced that? Amen. Praise the Lord. That's what we often call revival. And sometimes we experience it personally and we also experience it as a church. But the Holy Spirit not only convicts us of sin and, and convicts us of complacency, but the Holy Spirit is also the spirit spirit of prayer, the Bible says. He is the spirit that cries out in us, Abba, Father. He is the spirit that makes us want to pray because our flesh in itself is weak. And sometimes the flesh doesn't feel like praying, at least not praying the way we ought to. Amen. But the Holy Spirit stirs us up to want to pray, to want to have a relationship with God, to want to talk to God. Amen. And the Holy Spirit also agonizes through us, the Bible tells us in Romans 8, 26, with deep groanings that we cannot uh, express in words, in our own words. And, and he prays through us when we don't know how to pray. And he prays uh, uh, through our weaknesses and, and enables us to pray according to the mind and heart of God. Because folks, sometimes, you know, especially when we're going through something you know we may be going through a severe illness or a problem in our family or whatever and the flesh is weak and the flesh doesn't want to pray amen but the Holy Spirit rises up within us and the Holy Spirit prays through us often in another language that the Bible describes as tongues amen he prays through us when we ourselves cannot pray I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit amen because there's been times I've gone through some heavy stuff whether it's cancer or depression or whatever it is where I could not pray myself but the Holy Spirit prayed through me. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit as the spirit of prayer. Every spiritual longing in our heart for more of God, every desire to pray, every desire to worship, every desire to cry out to God, that is the work of the Holy Spirit drawing us to Christ because we will not come to him on our own. Amen. The Holy Spirit also enables us to, enables us to overcome the sinful desires of the flesh and become more like Christ. He perfects us into the image and likeness of Christ. We just need to open our hearts up to the work of the Holy Spirit and say, have your way in me, just like Mary did when she said, let it be to me according to everything that you have said. What was that? It was an act of surrender to say, Lord, have your way in me. Folks, that's what we need to do with the Lord. You can know Christ in a real and tangible way. You can have a deeper and more intimate relationship with him. You can know the overflowing joy of the Lord. Just open yourself up to the work of the Holy Spirit and say, draw me closer. You can overcome that struggle with sin, whether it's drugs, alcohol, pornography, lust, pride. 
You can overcome it. Just say, Lord, have your way in me. I surrender to you. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. Now, let me say this. You may not see a dramatic change instantly. Mary didn't see a dramatic change instantly. Guess what? That baby had to grow for nine months in her. And the moment that she conceived by the Holy Spirit, she didn't see anything tangible. Am I right? She had to trust it by faith and walk and surrender to the Lord. So when we surrender to the Lord and say, have your way in me, God change me, take this out of my life, deliver me from that, we may not see anything at that moment. But as we continue to walk in faith, that thing that God is doing in us will grow and it will grow and it will grow until it comes to fruition and it becomes evident. And one day you look back and you say, wow, I can't even believe that that's who I used to be. God, you have done such a work in me. Have you ever looked back and seen how God has changed you? Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. So open yourself up to the work of the Holy Spirit and you will begin to experience the life-transforming work of Christ in your life, making you who God is calling you to be. Second principle I want us to see, the Holy Spirit wants to empower us to fulfill God's purpose for our lives. The Holy Spirit will empower us to bring Christ to the world because folks, it's not just about us and what God wants to do in us and how God wants to bless us, amen? God also has a purpose for our lives in this world, amen? And the Holy Spirit will empower us to bring Christ to the world. In a literal way, the Holy Spirit came upon Mary empowering her to give birth to Jesus, to bring Jesus into this world. And he wants to use us to bring Christ to the world through the spirit-anointed witness and preaching of the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ. This is God's calling. This is God's purpose for the life of every Christian. It may take a different shape and form in each of our lives, but God's purpose for each and every one of us who name the name of Christ is that we would bring Christ to the world, to, to the world we live in, to our jobs, to our neighbors, to our families, to our friends, to our world. He wants us to be the one who brings Christ to them. Amen. For Mary, the Holy Spirit used her in a very unique way to bring Christ into the world as the mother of Jesus. And we are all called to bring Christ to the world in the unique way that God has for each of us. I shared with you a little earlier about Christ Finney's, uh, Charles Finney's testimony uh, about uh, being an attorney and having this experience of God and how it changed his life. But the day that he experienced this powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit, he went to his law office to meet with a client whose case he was about to argue in court. And he just couldn't do it anymore. And he said, I have a retainer from the Lord Jesus Christ to plead his cause and cannot plead yours. He knew God had called him to an, be an evangelist, to preach Christ to the world, and he could no longer be an attorney. So he left everything to follow Jesus and to follow his calling into ministry. Now, folks, that's not everyone's calling. God's not going to call every one of us to leave, you know, our jobs or whatever and go out and be an evangelist or be a pastor or a missionary. But God has a calling for each one of us to bring Christ to the world, to share and witness Christ in the world in a unique way. Jesus commands every believer, go into all the world and preach the good news 
to everyone. And that good news is the message of Christ coming. That's his calling. That's his mandate for each of us. Once we come to Christ, that is the purpose, the purpose for which we live. It supersedes every other purpose in our life. Now, we may each play different roles, but we all have the same mission, the same purpose. Some are called to be pastors and to build and lead churches. Some may be called to be missionaries and to take the gospel to a foreign land. But we are all called to bring Christ to the world, to be his evangelist, to spread the good news of the gospel in our workplace, in our neighborhood, uh, uh, in our families, among our friends. And he doesn't leave us to ourselves to do it. When Mary asked the angel, how can this be? Because I am a virgin. She was saying, this is impossible. I can't do this. But the angel responded in verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Gabriel, the angel, was saying, in essence, Mary, this is not something that you're going to be able to make happen in your own strength or effort. This is going to be 100% the work of the Holy Spirit. God's power is going to come upon you and make this happen in and through you. Folks, we can't do the work of the Lord in our own strength. We can't win one person to Christ in our own strength. We can't make anybody believe. We can't change anyone's heart. We cannot save anyone anyone. And oftentimes, if we'd be honest in ourselves, we are sometimes scared to open our mouth and tell others about Jesus. I don't know why we're so scared to talk about Jesus, because we're willing to talk about almost everything else. I mean, you, you look online and people put it all out there online, everything they're doing. But we're sometimes scared to talk about Jesus. Maybe we're afraid of rejection. Maybe we're afraid of ridicule. Maybe we're afraid of persecution. Maybe we're afraid that we don't know enough, that we can't speak well enough. But Jesus says in 1 Acts 8, 1 Acts 1, 8, but you will receive power after that the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Same words that Gabriel used. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's what Gabriel said to Mary. And now Jesus says to us, but the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, through Judea, Samaria, and unto the ends of the earth. Folks, the Holy Spirit comes upon us and empowers us to do what Christ is calling us to do. The Holy Spirit gives us boldness to talk about Jesus. The Holy Spirit gives us boldness to share Christ with those who do not know him. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be effective witnesses for Christ. We just need to step out in faith like Mary and say, I am your servant, Lord. Use me, do with me as you will. You'll be amazed what God can and will do through you when you just make yourself available to him. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. The Holy Spirit will do the impossible in and through us. It's impossible for a virgin to get pregnant on her own. I mean, of course, nowadays, you know, they have artificial semination and all that stuff. Of course, they didn't have that stuff back then. So in the natural, without medical intervention, let's say, nowadays, it's impossible for a virgin 
to get pregnant on her own. So what does that tell us? It tells us the birth of Jesus was a miracle. Amen. It was a supernatural event. And the same way the Holy Spirit did the impossible in and through Mary, the Holy Spirit wants to do the impossible in and through us today. Amen. And that starts with the fact that you may be facing an impossible situation in your life. You may be facing an impossible situation in your marriage, in your family, in your ministry, in any area that you know God has a plan for your life, but you can't seem to get there because there are blockages, there are hindrances, there are problems in your way. Let me tell you today, the story of Christmas, the message of Christmas is that we have a God of the impossible. Amen. There is nothing that he cannot do. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. You just need to cry out and say, Lord, I'm weak. I can't do anything to change this situation, but my eyes are upon you, Lord. You can. You can. I can't, but you can. Hallelujah. So I'm trusting in you to do what only you can do because you can do all things. Amen. Nothing is impossible with him. But not only does God want to do the impossible in our life, on our behalf, but God also wants to work through us by the power of the Holy Spirit to do the impossible. God wants to work through us to do miracles and signs and wonders among unbelievers that will confirm his word and draw them to Christ. This is what he says in his word. Jesus said that miraculous signs would follow those who believe, that they would speak in other tongues, they would cast out demons, they would heal the sick, and they would work miraculous signs and wonders. God wants to do the miraculous through you so that Christ may come and be made real in the world today. Amen. When the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us, we have inside of us the incredible power of the almighty, the unstoppable, miracle working, super abundant power of God who can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Amen. That's the God that lives inside of us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And he wants to work through us to glorify Christ and make Christ real to the world today so that those who do not know him can come to faith in him. The story is told about a little boy who was flying a kite. And it was a windy day. And so the, the wind kept taking the, the kite higher and higher and higher. And finally, it, you know, it kept getting smaller and smaller. Finally, it got so high that it was out of sight. A man passed by and saw the little boy holding on to the string and tugging at it. Man looked up, and he couldn't see the kite. So he asked the little boy, he said, Son, how do you even know you have a kite up there? And the boy replied, Because I can feel it. How do you even know that there's a God up there? Oh, because I can feel him every single day. He is real in my life and in my heart. Amen. Although we cannot see God, we can sense his work in our lives by the Holy Spirit as he makes Christ real to us, as he draws us closer to Christ, as he enables us to overcome sin, as he enables us to walk in joy and victory every single day. Hallelujah. We know that he is with us. We can feel his presence. We know that he is empowering us to tell the world about Christ and to work through us in miracle working power that will make Christ real to the world. World. Folks, that is the true spirit of Christmas. 
the Holy Spirit at work in the world who brings Christ to us. And when we open our heart to him, he begins to work in us. Hallelujah. Empowering us to live for Christ. Empowering us to fulfill God's purpose in the world and to do the impossible in and through us. If you're here today and you have any interest in Christ, and I believe that's why you would have come, it is because of the work of the Holy Spirit in you. That's what stirred your heart to come this morning. You didn't come of your own choosing. You came because this is a time of visitation for you. This is a time when the Holy Spirit is drawing you. And so this is a time when we need to respond to the Holy Spirit. And all it takes is to open our heart in faith and repent of our sins and say, Lord, forgive me and come and live inside of me. I give you my life. At the moment that you do that, the Holy Spirit will come to you and you will become born again by the Spirit, as Jesus said. We are made new by the Spirit. We are made spiritually alive by the Spirit and we are brought into right relationship with God as our Father and we as his children. And that begins the wonderful lifelong journey of learning to love and serve the Lord. Would you bow your heads with me? If you're here today and you would say, pray for me, pastor. I want to come to Jesus. I want to have his presence living in me. I want him to be with me. If that's you, or maybe you prayed some time ago and you drifted away and you know you need to come back and you would say, pray for me, pastor. I want to come back to Jesus. I want him to live inside of me. I want to have a relationship with the Father. If that's you this morning, would you just slip your hand up and say, pray for me, pastor. I want to come to Jesus. I want my sins to be forgiven. Thank you for that hand. Is there someone else. Pray for me, pastor. I want to come to Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. For those of you that raised your hand, I'm going to ask you just to pray a simple prayer with me. It's not my words, but it's your heart in sincerity, and God is going to hear you and do exactly what you ask him to do. Church, pray along with those that are praying it for the first time today. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, and I believe that you love me so much that you died for my sins. Today, I repent. I turn away from my sinful life, and I turn to you in faith. I confess that I am a sinner, and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I invite you to come live inside of me and help me from this day forward to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, God has done exactly what you asked him to do. And today is your spiritual birthday because today you were made spiritually alive and brought into relationship as a child of God. Amen. We congratulate you on making the best decision of your life. We welcome you to the family of God. That prayer that you just prayed is a beginning, not an ending. It's the start of a lifelong journey with the Lord. And we want to help you to understand the prayer you just prayed and the next steps to take to keep growing in your faith, to keep growing in your relationship with the Lord. And how can we help you? The first thing is we want to send you free of charge a little booklet 
that will help you uh, to continue to take the next steps to grow in your relationship with the Lord. But to do that, we need your email address. So if you would, could you just text, if you prayed that prayer, text your email to the number on the screen and we will send you free of charge that little booklet. But once again, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. For those of us who are already Christians, do you desire to know Christ more? Do you desire for Christ to be more real in your life? And do you desire a deeper relationship with him? Do you want to fulfill God's purpose for your life? For God to use you? If that's your heart's desire, that's the working of the Holy Spirit in you. And we need to respond to the Spirit's work. So if your heart's desire is, God, I want more of you in my life. I want a deeper relationship with you. I want to fulfill your purpose. I want you to use me. If that's your heart's desire, would you stand to your feet, respond to the work of the Holy Spirit? Would you stand to your feet this morning? We're just going to spend a few moments in prayer. Would you slip out and make your way down to this altar just for a moment? And we're just going to respond to the work of the Holy Spirit as he's drawing us to a deeper relationship with the Lord, as he is drawing us to know Christ more, to live for Christ in victory over sin and to fulfill God's purpose. Would you just talk to the Lord down here, whatever the Lord is dealing with your heart about, surrender to him and say, Lord, I want a deeper relationship with you or I need to be victorious over sin in this area of my life or God, I want you to use me for your purpose. Whatever it is, you talk to God from your heart as I pray over us. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus who has made available your Holy Spirit to all of us. Thank you that your Spirit comes to, to draw us to Christ, to make Christ real to us, to change our lives, and to take us deeper in you. Lord, we respond to the working of your Holy Spirit as he is drawing each and every one of us this morning. Lord, as we stand before you today, we surrender to you, and we say, yes, Lord, I want a deeper relationship with you. I want to know you more. I want to walk more closely with you, Lord God. I want to know you more deeply. I want to follow you more faithfully. And I want to serve you more fully, Lord God. Lord, we want to fulfill your good purpose for our lives. Whatever it is that you want to use us for, whatever it is that you want to do through us, we say like Mary, Lord, let it be done in us. We surrender ourselves to you. Make your will and your purpose clear to us, Lord, so that we can walk in it each and every day and bring glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you were blessed by this message, would you consider giving a gift to help support our ministry? You can text any amount to 954-516-1522. That's 954-516-1522. Thank you, and we hope you will join us again.